Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, Deep Dive with Andy and the White Whale. Welcome to the Deep Dive. Andy, I've got great news. Great hit me, hit news. Me, hit me with it. There's more live sports this weekend. Right here, news. right here in the USA, we have live sports to watch, to entertain, to bet on. I'm very excited. Uh, and uh, it's not something that we're specialized in. So this is going to be another kind of a good learning pod for us, I think. Right? I got exploratory so questions. I'm going to learn some stuff today. I'm excited. We get to talk to one of our old friends from Twitter. Um, long overdue. We get to welcome uh, one of our one of our Twitter friends onto the deep dive for his first ever appearance. MMA specialist, all around great guy. You can find him on Twitter at Grinding Eddie. Eddie, welcome to the deep dive. Hey guys, thanks for having me. You know. <laughs> oh yeah, we definitely we we kind of uh, we were excited yeah. about this, and then we're like, you know, we said, oh, there's live sports. Let's do a UFC pod, and then we both said, oh, <laughs> right. like we oh don't. shit. We don't really handicap UFC. Like it's, yeah, it's super, I'm not sure. It's super hard. So I, yeah, I'm we definitely sure want to talk to somebody who did it. Expert, but, oh yeah. come on, that's crazy. That's very humble of you. <laughs> Relative to us, you are you're a god in UFC. I've I've, I've only just tailed people, and I bet on Greg. Like you talked about Greg Hardy a little off the pod. Like I bet on him a bunch of times when he was first coming up, and they were just feeding him easy matches. And that's maybe the right. only handicapping I ever did in UFC. Most of the time, I'm just listening to people smarter than me. But yeah, that's Fight Island is canceled. But um, what is it? Right. It's Florida, well, right? The, I mean, well, Fight Island is still on. Um, uh, they're, they're not finished with it, <laughs> but they need that Fight Island for the uh, for the international fighters. Ah. So, um, the last I heard, uh, because you know of traveling restrictions and th- and such, so. Best I've heard, it's it's still in the works. Ooh. Yeah. Well, Ooh. if you can't have an island in international waters where there's no rules, no laws, and nobody cares what's the next best thing, Jacksonville, Florida. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So obviously Florida was going to be I mean, just somewhere down there. Yeah. Sorry, Jacksonville. We love you. Duval, yes. but right. no, again, excited. There's a a good uh there's a good main event here. There's a bunch of other fights. Uh, yeah, the la- honestly, right. the last fight. So I talked about this. I did a little research. Um, the last, the, I mean, we had a UFC 248 it was on March 7th, which will be Oof. months ago. Oof. I did follow. There right. was, there was the fight night in Brazil after that, a week after that, that was, I think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. That was like the last actual UFC action we had. Um, I mean, we got left kind of on a high note. The, the, the girl fight, at uh i think that was ufc 248 is that uh, the technical term the girl fight oh it was like the best girl (laughs) fight i've ever seen those remember the the hematoma on the forehead oh i mean those those two girls had like a thousand combined significant strikes or something it was stupid they they just pounded each other silly forgot about that for all night like it was like the the best women's fight i've ever seen yeah yeah, that was we did get we left on a high note, I guess. That was a lot of fun. Maybe one of the best fights I've ever seen just in general. So they have canceled, yeah, yeah. you know, they canceled a bunch of fight nights. They moved back to 49 a couple times, but here we are now and yeah, we've got Eddie on to just kind of talk about how he does it because my like I talked about my process was 
figuring out that they wanted Greg Hardy to win a couple times. So I just, I was laying big juice. It didn't matter. And, you know, once we, once we get into the, an actual card again, like we got a full card, Eddie, um, like, how do you, how do you approach this as you, you dig into this now that, I mean, wh- when, when did you know, like, this is for sure, this is actually happening, like sometime last week ish or a little longer ago. Yeah. You know, I, I'm just, we, I think they announced it about a little more than a week ago, I think two weeks ago. Um, 249 was uh, uh, was originally scheduled for Brooklyn on uh, April 18th, and I had bought tickets way back when they, the first day they went on sale. So I was really bummed out about that. Um, but um, and then and then they rescheduled it, and then uh, uh, for Las Vegas, and or I'm sorry for California, and then until the uh, I think the California governor shut them down, and uh, finally when uh, Florida um licensed wwe um uh that that opened the way for for ufc to follow and uh, uh i believe this the, this saturday the next three events this saturday the 13th the wednesday after and then the 16th are scheduled for uh jacksonville florida and then the event on the 23rd is scheduled for las vegas Nice. Ooh. I do remember that that the California plan. We looked that up. It was like a casino <laughs> in the middle of nowhere, like like a, like a closed of, casino. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was like, oh, this is like <laughs> yeah. if you Abandoned. went to Fresno, it's like a two-hour drive. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I, I think remember it was that getting It was out in the middle of nowhere. Um, I think that I think they picked it on purpose because it was out in the middle of nowhere. Um, so I, I think number one, uh, uh, they picked that. Uh, facility because it was an Indian casino and therefore they could uh bypass the uh the boxing commission. Uh, oh. Oh. Uh, that's the reason they picked an Indian casino because the Indian reservation, the Indian land goes on a different set of rules than the rest of the state, you know? Sure. Um but ultimately they were uh they were uh overturned by the uh, I think the California governor asked the head of Disney to shut it down. <laughs> and that's why I, yes. that's canceled. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah, the mouse, the mouse has some power. So, and um, I guess uh, getting, I mean, getting, yeah, getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, you're way ahead of yourself. Let's, like, uh, I'm let's, just let's, way, let's, way ahead of myself. Let's, let's set the stage. Let's, let's, let's set, set the stage, stage a little bit here. Uh, not just for Jacksonville, but uh, let's qualify Eddie's uh, experiences because uh, there's people that I know that uh, love you MMA. There's people I know that love UFC. There's people that I know that, uh, you know, handicap and bet this regularly. Uh, I was shocked in doing some prep and talking to you. You are like a aficionado in terms of attending UFC. Like, how, how did you first get into the sport? And I guess what uh, what what gra- what gravitated you to MMA in general? Uh, and what are some of what's some of your background in terms of uh, watching and, and being in there in person? Well, I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I'm. Uh, I mean, obviously, I. I've been watching sports all my life, betting on sports all my life, uh, over 20 years, but I didn't pick up on MMA until after I found Twitter. Um, uh, <laughs> which is funny to say, uh, yeah, I never paid attention to the sport before, but, uh, a couple of guys, uh, uh, were, were really, I saw that, uh, on MMA, uh, Twitter on MMA, uh, MMA was really popular on Twitter. So I started watching and it, t- it took me like one event to get totally hooked, you know, um, <laughs> and at this point, uh, it took me like, uh, I'm at a point where 
I've been watching sports all my life since I was a little kid, just like everybody else, betting on sports, fan of sports, where it, it's, it comes to a point you get a little older and it starts to kind of just uh, be repetitious, you know? You, yeah, you, you sure. don't have the zest for it that you once did. And, and then MMA came by, or in particular UFC. Um, there are a lot of people that have been following this sport for 20 years or, or since its infancy. I'm not one of those people. You know, I targeted on uh, just UFC, uh, the, the UFC and not the entire MMA, you know, uh, sure. but I, I saw it. I was for some reason, I was just hooked right away. And um, so I I'm, I have a little bit of a little bit of like a type of personality where, where when I really like something, I kind of get uh, like infatuated with it. So what I <laughs> what I did was about four years ago. Uh, I went on the, uh, I got a UFC fight pass membership where they, they have a huge library of all the old fights, you know? And yeah. I went back to about UFC 100, which is like, I think 2009 or so. And I watched every fight of every event all <laughs> within like three months. I just did like a 10 year crash course of the sport, you know? Jesus yeah. I, I love this. Yeah, Brock, that was, yeah, and, uh, <laughs> Brock Lesnar and George St. Pierre were on that card. Frank wow. Mir. Yeah, sure. I just, wow. looked up, I just looked it up. Yeah, it was 2009. Yeah, watching 10 years worth of UFC, that's that's kind of wild. Yeah, been it, just in a few months. It's like every, yeah, every, like, uh, every spare moment you had, that's all I did. I didn't watch TV. I didn't watch any other sports. Um, I didn't do, you know, I didn't do anything. I just, obviously, I work for a living, so you're, you can't watch it all day, right? So, sure. Uh, but every spare moment I had, I, wa- I watched it. I mean, I just, I was just consumed with it, you know, and um, through that. And then obviously, um, since I've been gambling on sports my entire life, the, 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 the gambling part came natural. But to be honest with you, I'm, I'm more a fan of the sport, you know, like some sure. people bet a sport because they're trying to make, you know, make a profit off of it. Uh, for me, um, I'm a fan first, you know. The, the gambling part um, is just uh, it's just like an additional bonus, I guess. You know. Yeah, that makes um, sense. Yeah. Oh, and, that, and it definitely, it definitely helps spice about. things up. Yeah, exactly. You know, and um, I, I I post uh, bets on Twitter, but sometimes I you know those are those are just all I put a few together and put them up on my timeline in one day or in one tweet, but obviously. You know, sometimes you're betting stuff earlier in the week. Sometimes you're betting stuff later. Sometimes you're betting different props, things like that. So, but, you know, I, I don't post all that to my Twitter, you know? Sure, sure. I no, that you. totally yeah. makes sense. Um, okay, but, so yeah. at some point, though, it was like, okay, uh, I want the live experience. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Basically, um, there just happened to be an event in Atlantic City. This was a... Uh, early 2018 you know and um i went to the event and then i found like a like a whole different atmosphere that you don't get over tv you know like um like you know like uh because of the the camera angles are so good you see the uh you might see the details better on tv but you don't get that uh, i don't know how to describe it it's like a it's like a um it's like an animalistic primal kind of uh, intense atmosphere that you get yeah. at the event. And that doesn't translate to the TV. 
Oh, well, you you're know? making me want to go um, see the now, and we can't, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, oh, go yeah. ahead. Yeah. yeah, it's a whole and it. So I was just hooked in there, and um, so I, I, I just every every chance I got, I started going. Um, I, I went to. I've been to nine events now, and since uh, April of uh, 2018, uh, UFC 249 was supposed to be my my tenth event uh, in Brooklyn, but obviously uh, because of uh, all these situations, but you know that got canceled. But um, uh, the first event in Atlantic City uh, uh, was kind of crazy in that uh, it was in the old Boardwalk Hall, and uh, I'm sure people that have been to Atlantic City know. You know, and um, <laughs> that, uh, I, I guess because it was a weekend casino crowd. Um, and, uh, Jersey but, Shore, <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> Jersey Shore, yeah. You know how it is. And uh, there were multiple. I mean, not uh, not fights where two people. Uh, you know, it's not. I'm talking about multiple brawls where you're you're involving like two groups of people. You know, um, yeah. And there were multiple brawls and. Security was nowhere to be found. These these brawls were going on for five ten minutes, um, and it and happened like a good three or four times throughout the event. So I was, you know, I was I was totally shocked. You know, that, that was my first USC event, and I was like, these people are animals. You know, I I, I didn't know it was like this. And then uh, obviously, I found out later that it's nothing like that. I don't think I've seen a real fight since. You know. Uh, yeah, you go to you go to like Vegas. They just Vegas has pretty good security just everywhere. Yeah, yeah, like that shit ain't yeah exactly. Yeah, like yeah. It's, we as, talked as well a little as, off air about that. The and the the boardwalk call too. Like that was. It's funny. Like I was looking into that when I was writing previews mm-hmm. for college basketball tournaments mm-hmm. because they were gonna. I can't mm-hmm. remember. I think it was the MAAC. They had and it's crazy. Like this is this is a crazy historic building. Like it's it's super old and. I, I was I was like on the Wikipedia page for about 10, 15 right. minutes just reading about all the boxing matches. Like this is where uh, Tyson and Michael Spinks fought for like a minute and change. And I think Tyson had a few <laughs> a few title defenses here. And like I think Holyfield Foreman was there. There was a bunch of really oh, good wow. fights. And so it's, this wasn't like the heyday was in the nineteen twenties. This this was this was no, a, this is, a this big is, this a cool, big venue through cool the eighties. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, I believe cool. the uh, the Miss America pageant used to be there. Um, it, it's a it's a it's a very old building, and um, your cell phone doesn't work if you sit in the because <laughs> it's it's like a it, it's like a bowl, you know. Yeah, yeah. So when <laughs> you walk in, yeah, you you actually got to have to walk down into the arena, you know. So it's, it. it's technically, I guess, underwater, you know. But yep, so, yep, that makes sense. What's uh, what's the crowd like uh, at a Vegas fight? Um, the Vegas crowds are, are the best, I think. Um, <laughs> High uh, rollers, escorts. obviously, because it's Vegas, you know, athletes, people are, movie stars. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and it has a surprise. Like, I don't know if this might people that have never been to a UFC event might be surprised at this, but there are a lot of uh, females, women at a UFC event more than other sports. You know, sure. Um, uh, and Vegas is like, you know, is like an example of that, obviously, because it's Vegas, but, uh, the Vegas events are the best, you know, it has a whole different atmosphere, I guess, cause people are on vacation or whatever. Uh, well, yeah. Vegas, yeah, when, I, I, when you're done with the fight, you're in Vegas instead of you walk out and you're, you're in, you're on the boardwalk and yeah, yeah. you know, it's just, it's Vegas, yeah. baby. It's it's great. I've been there twice for the Vegas events. 
Um, and uh, they're, just, they're just fantastic. I mean, the ticket prices are the highest too in, in Vegas. Um, yeah, a decent ticket will cost you a thousand dollars minimum, but um, but it's worth it, you know. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt. What's the best fight you've seen in person? Oh, the craziest fight. Uh, the best fight card I saw was um, last year in Vegas, uh, the one where uh, Jorge Masvidal uh, knocked out Ben Askren. And I think oh. it was four seconds oh, or six seconds. Oh. Yeah. Oh. The flying knee. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. I, mean, I brought it, up the Tyson fight that was so short. That thing that made that look like a marathon. He just ran from his <laughs> corner, jumped boom. up and put him down. Yeah. 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 And the, like just the, the atmosphere there when that, when, when that happened, you know, the, the crowd roaring, I, I just can't, that was probably the best uh, event. I've been. <laughs> I, I can't remember every fight from there, uh, but there were a lot of, a lot of good fights on that card too. It's not just that fight, you know? Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Very cool. I so, get what you're saying too, about the, you know, just the primal energy. I can't imagine. Oh, yeah. what, I, I'm like, it's funny now. I'm all excited to go to one of these and I know, obviously you can't, like, you <laughs> know, can't. but even just, thing. you know, like, you know, if, if I'm doing a stream or, you know, I've been out with to, to UFC where they, you know, Hey, let's go to the bar and watch them all because they'll have them there. And it's a lot of fun. I can, you like remember some of those big fights and like where you were because some of them do like right. the, the flying knee. Like I remember watching that and then I can't think of the girl's last name at all. But the other girl's name was Rose and the girl come right. out in like an Indian headdress and she was kind of getting oh, body slammed her. Yeah. She was getting the shit kicked out of her. Her face was getting just right. beat up. And then she picked, she picked the other girl up and just dropped her on her head and it was over. Like I thought the other girl right. might've been dead. That was and like <laughs> yeah. the whole bar just went nuts. Cause everyone's like, Oh, she killed that girl. <laughs> yeah. That, that was, uh, that was Jessica Andrade. You know? Yeah. 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 There yeah. we go. Nice. No, and I, that's, that's when I actually had money on and I'm like, Oh man, my girl's mm -hmm. just getting her face beat. Yeah. So let's, oh, you let's had talk right there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. The, so let's talk about like uh, the card overall in general, like typical you, this is a, this is a UFC main event. The ones that are numbered like this, this is two forty nine. This is a big deal, right? Well, what, when it says UFC two forty nine, that denotes that it's a pay-per-view event. Got it. So okay. the pay-per-view events will have the number like two forty nine. So the, uh, the preliminaries will be on ESPN uh, but the main event uh, card will be on pay-per-view, you know, totally versus understood. like a, a fight night or ESPN. Uh, uh, like uh, a fight night event is like is is not a pay-per-view event. It's all on ESPN Plus. Um, or and then like or they'll switch it up. They'll do like a the the early prelims on ESPN Plus, and then they'll do the, the prelims or or, or uh, on ESPN uh, and main event on ESPN. Whereas yeah. uh, like, a, and then you have the ESPN plus number, whatever number event, then that, that whole event is on ESPN plus only on streaming. So it's a little confusing, but <laughs> the important thing is when it says UFC 249, it's, it's denoting a pay-per-view event. So these are the big ones because they can make some money off it. Right. So they're charging you for the, you know, you, you don't have, you you have to pay for the event. I believe it's sixty four ninety nine, uh, uh, versus uh, the other one where you just have to have the ESPN Plus membership. 
you know got it so six bucks or whatever um okay and the card itself uh top to bottom mm-hmm. they they basically right. like it's up to the ufc to kind of set up fights like there's you know there, there's probably some art to this they're trying to create something that's entertaining that's you know matchups that people are excited about uh they're trying to progress people up the sport so that they have title shots and they do they basically need a title fight at the top of every one of these pay-per-view cards in order to sell Yes, uh, the pay-per-view cards, uh, it's almost always a title fight. Un- unless it's like, uh, unless it's a huge name, you know, like um, the Conor McGregor, Cowboy Cerrone was a pay-per-view event because it, it involved Conor McGregor, you know. But um, rarely you'll see that uh, a pay-per-view event will o- almost always have a title fight and a title, f- a five-round title fight versus the regular UFC three-round three fight. Got it. And, so the, uh, the Ferguson fight—that's a five rounder, then. Sure, because it's the main event, and it's for—I believe it's for an interim title. But yeah, it's definitely a five-round fight. As w- as is the uh, co-main event, uh, the uh, Dominic Cruz Henry Cejudo fight—that's also a five-round fight. And every other fight on the event will be three rounds. Got gotcha. it. And is it fair to say that, like the lower, like the preliminary card, the early preliminary card? All that's like all of those fighters, like are they basically just progressing their way up the sport, up the ladder, up the sport? And like we could see, like it's important to watch those fights and kind of get to know these fighters' styles, get to know their strengths, weaknesses, because you know a year from now these guys could be uh, pitching title fights. Yeah, of course. Yeah, most of them will be uh, uh, up and comers or or uh, past their prime veterans. You know, yeah. um, <laughs> or journeymen. Uh, usually, they, one of the UFC, uh, one of the things matchups that the UFC likes to do is like an up and comer, uh, a new guy on the block that they really want to promote, and they'll 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 match him up against a, a total journeyman or um, you know a, a low level fighter that, that that's been around, uh, and then yeah. and you know what they're trying to do? They're trying to build up the the up and comer for. Uh, for future uh, events, you know, but yeah, that's basically it. It's the earlier, uh, this week's fight card is, is not, is an exception because the UFC has been, you know, out of commission for so long and they have, all, um, and they, they really wanted to come in with a bang and they totally stacked these, this card, you know, there's certain oh, guys cool. on there that, uh, yeah, there's certain guys on the prelims that are, uh, there's multiple fighters, fighters on the prelims that are, have, that have headlined that have done main events. So, um, yeah, like the, the Pet- this, Pettis this and Cerrone seem to be bigger names to be that far down the car. Yeah, of course. Yeah, they wouldn't be. I mean, both of them are past their prime. So I don't know if, if they would do a main event, uh, the, the main events, but those two guys, I, I, I probably, they, neither of them can probably remember the last time they were on a prelim card, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, sure. Not because of the headshots, had, but know, just because it's been so long. Yeah, yeah, those are big names like uh, Jacare Sousa, uh, which is the fourth fight uh, on the card. Um, uh, Vincente Luque, uh, th- those guys are a big name. Michelle Waterson, uh, they're big names. They're usually on the main card, but this card is uh, it's just so stacked top to bottom that, that you know, uh, I think the UFC was, uh, they're trying to come back with a bang, you know? 
Oh, I love it. Should be. Um, I bet they. I bet they kill it on numbers. And I was gonna, you know, I was gonna oh, ask shit, the question. Yeah. I mean, you, you already kind of answered it, but I was gonna say, are like, are people excited because this is just like, oh, it's finally back, or is it that good of a card? And yeah, I guess the more you, the more you say it, like some of these names are usually a little higher up, and and now it looks like the yeah. Cerrone Pettis fight is a rematch from like a decade ago. Or yeah, they fought a long time ago, an eternity ago. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so there's no like uh, Mike Tyson going up against Glass Glass Joe or uh, you know the the true throwaways uh, in this uh, in this one. There's there's a uh, uh, there's a little bit of uh, there's a little bit of step up from your average card. This is exciting. Um, I do, I do talk- have a question about one of the one of the fights as far as that, and maybe well, let's, maybe hey, let's, further let's, down. Let's get yeah, it. further yeah, down. Once we get to the co-main yeah, events, we'll, I have a let's question save, about the uh, Let's fight. save the true preview for the 249 card top to bottom until the end. Uh, and let's talk a little bit more about process. Cause that always interests me as much or more than the actual previewing of the betting of this card. Cause I feel like we talk to people who handicap other sports, you learn nuggets, you learn tricks, you learn stuff that you can apply to whatever you're doing. Uh, and I'm sure this is the same sort of way because I can't imagine that it is especially was especially straightforward to figure out like how to handicap MMA or UFC specifically um, kind of coming into it on the fly. Like how long did it kind of take you to get your feet under you betting MMA or betting MMA? And I guess what, uh, what are some of the important lessons you learned early on starting off betting, betting the sport? Okay. Well, yeah, uh, uh, it's all trial and error for me. Um, at first I was just, just following the sport as a spectator and I was betting it, uh, based on, uh, picks that, uh, someone that was very experienced was making and I was just following his picks, you know, and then sure. after a while, uh, you watch it enough and then you start to understand a little bit why they made that pick, Wh- whether it wins or not. Uh, you, you kind of put like, uh, you kind of put a, uh, understand the reasoning to it, you know? And when yep. I, so when I first started, uh, doing this for myself, I was, uh, the, the biggest mistake I was making was I was handicapping it as I wrote a different sport, meaning, um, what do you do when you, when you're first trying to handicap a sport, you look for statistics, you know? Yeah, of course. So, uh, and there's, you know, there's plenty of statistics available for this sport also. So what I would do is, uh, try to try to make sense of stats and, um, and which, which was, which is, what I found out later was that that doesn't really apply that well to this sport. And the reason is um, the, the, the sampling that you have for each fighter is so different. Some are so complete, some are so incomplete. Um, these fighters have relatively other than the top fighters. Uh, many of them have short uh, UFC careers. They may end up still fighting the sport in, a, in another commission, but the UFC signs fighters to a, a limited number of fights. And when that contract is over, they decide whether they're going to renew that contract or not. So many times, and uh, you have fighters that only fight once or twice or three times. And so, and then you have debuting fighters. So when you're trying to match up a statistic of a guy that had one fight versus a guy that had eight fights, um, the sampling just isn't big enough. It doesn't make any sense. You, you know, you know, you, you understand what I'm saying, right? Of course. Run into this problem with yeah. tennis for sure with the up and coming guys. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, I guess it would with any individual sport, right? Not a, a yeah. versus a team sport. Um, so basically then I figured out and I, uh, I did a lot of, uh, uh, 
uh, I, I, I saw how people were doing it. I, I, re- I researched, I asked questions. I saw how people were doing it that had been doing it a lot longer. And um, basically I found out the only way to uh, handicap the sport uh, properly is you have to put in the time and you have to watch all of uh, all the older fights, you know? So basically what I'm, uh, what I guess what I'm trying to say is, um, it's more about a stylistic matchup of how that one fighter matches up versus the other than it is of their previous performance, you know, uh, um, uh, because it, it, the sport is called mixed martial arts, right? So it's sure. not like boxing or it's not like, uh, what you say, tennis, there, there's, 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 there are multiple crafts combined into one sport. So, uh, basically what you're doing is you're trying to, uh, you're trying to envision how this fighter's style will match up versus that fighter's style. And the only way you can do that is go back and watch all their previous yeah. fights. You know, I want, I want so, to say it was, uh, our friend, uh, Christian Pena, Pina. It's I right. always say his name wrong, but <laughs> Pina. It's right. Portuguese, not Spanish, boys. Anyway, right. he, he the way he put it the one time we were talking to him about it was like the the path to victory. Like I think that's kind of kind of exactly what you're saying exactly. as far as the, yeah. the stylistic differences. Like you know, based on this fighter's what what kind of things they specialize in versus this fighter and their strengths and weaknesses. What kind of path to victory do they have? And then you just say, uh, you know, you got to make your own number, I suppose, and compare it to the pricing. Yeah, basically, I mean, as far as the, if you were to actually model it and make your own number, um, you, you compare the money line that's available to you versus what percentage chance of that you give that fighter to win that fight based on your research. And I guess if, if you perceive it, an edge, then, you know, that's the fight you bet. Um, but it, it, it's, it's not so clear cut. It, it, in, in, in my opinion, uh, it's less of a number sport than it is. Yeah. Uh, right. A lot more qualitative. An, uh, yeah. A lot more yeah, qualitative exactly. analysis, yeah. analysis is required than uh, right. quantitative analysis. And actually it's a sort of uh, handicapping approach where, coming up with a narrative is actually you see somewhat useful probably right <laughs> like if this happens and yeah. this happens then this will happen and this happens like that actually kind of matters right. <laughs> the uh exactly. is that it, then, if you if you had to guess uh would you guess that kind of the market making uh you know the guys that hang the first numbers in this sort of stuff that's their process as well probably gotta be right it's got yeah of course and um basically when these when they the thing with UFC that's a little bit different than other sports is that um, until well, it's changed a little bit recently because uh, I guess ever since ESPN, uh, ever since uh, UFC signed with ESPN, it seems like there's been a boom in the popular overall popularity of sport, and um, now you see lines uh, coming out a little bit faster weeks before the event. Whereas uh, even la- up to last year, when when they were still with Fox, when the UFC was still contracted to Fox. Um, you, you didn't see that um, a lot of times, uh, you know, maximum 10 to 14 days before the uh, event started is when you would see the opening line and the, uh, and most shops would hang lower limits for that first until the week of the fight, actually a lot of the time. So, uh, basically, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's a very under, uh, as compared to, uh, uh, you know, your, your major team sports is a very underdeveloped market still, you know? 
Yeah. Do you think though that uh, that they've kind of figured out a price discovery model, and are there a couple of books where you especially are interested in their, you know, what kind of prices they're hanging, and uh, and kind of in that, yeah. So I guess you know how how do you see the market and the way it works in terms of whose price matters, and do you look at the prices before you make your own evaluations, or do you try to avoid kind of anchoring your opinion on who's going to win before you see the film and think it through? Uh, to be honest with you, I, I've, I haven't found a correlation in the way it moves. Uh, I, uh, you know, a lot of times you'll see in sports where that first early movement is the right move, you know? Um, sure. And the, the variance on this sport is different than other sports. There's a lot of, uh, 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 what I'm, uh, you know, it's two guys in a cage, right? So yeah. basically, uh, anything can happen on a given night, you know? Um, one guy could be dominating a fight and just uh, the other guy just gets a lucky punch and he's, he's lights out. You know, this happens all the time, every week. Uh, so uh, basically what I do is I, I keep track of the number, but, um, and I bet, obviously, uh, I, I make a bet according to what the number is to, if, to, to uh, compare and see if I have the value, but I don't, uh, the, the number move does not influence my bet. That's not the way I do it. Okay, gotcha. And, I, I get uh, what you're saying with the, you know, it's not like football too, where, you know, if your team's up 35 in the fourth quarter, they're not going to catch a flying right. knee to the head and lose. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, there, there, there's, a, there's a high variance, especially, and I'm sure you take this into account, you know, there are certain guys yeah. and you think back, and it, it applies to boxing as well, you know, and they just right. kept harping on this, even though the guy's eardrum was broken and he was getting his face punched in. But, you know, they, uh, the Fury, was it Fury Wilder? Is that the guy's name? Yeah, Wilder. Yeah, that, 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 yeah, yeah. I mean, they just, that, that's, they said that a million times during the fight. You know, he still has that one punch power. And, you, I mean, you see that stuff in the UFC all the time, except some of it is like a kick or a knee or a elbow. And, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things right. that can just drop a guy and not only knock him down, but, you knock them completely out. Right. Mm. Sure. Uh, or a submission. Um, it, it, it's just, it's happened so often. That's just something you, uh, you have to accept, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's funny how, uh, and it, it and, and it's funny how it doesn't ever upset me, you know, like, uh, for, you know, if you bet a football game and you lose in a crazy way, you know, let's say, uh, like on a pick six, or something like that, you know, that for, for, for a minute or two, you might, that might actually upset you, you know, but in the yeah, UFC, right. I, it, for some reason, it, it's like, I accept it more, you know, so of course that could happen, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Right. Cause I guess right. cause, I, cause you see it, but in the end, it's two men in a cage, you know, um, anything can happen. Um, there's a, uh, you're, uh, you're, you're the, the fighter you bet on could be dominating the fight and get a freak, uh, there could be a butt of heads and he could get a free cut on his head and the doctor stops the fight. Right. Um, sure. Yeah. There's, there's just, just so, there's so many things that, that could happen. You, know? you just kind of got to roll with the flow. Gotcha. Um, well, they take pretty massive limits. I, as far as I can tell you, market wise in Vegas on these, right? Like they'll take, you know, on day of the fight, they'll take just absolutely stupid limits. I would guess. Um, do you like? Do you think the price discovery and sort of the number they get to by the time we get to the day of the fight is pretty sharp overall? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, 
Um, but, but, by, by, by fight night, I mean, you do see some late moves. Um, and a lot of that though, depends on uh, with the UFC, you know, these guys have to make weight, right? So usually the weigh-ins are the day before the event. So, um, uh, depending on how, whether the, the fighter made weight, how easy he made weight. I mean, people analyze how the guy looks on the scale, whether he looks real dehydrated, whether he comes in like uh, with his body is all wet because he had to sweat out, uh, you know, that extra, the last pound in the last minute, you know, like, and then people determine, you know, whether it was an easy weight cut or a hard weight cut. And uh, that often affects that number on Friday. Got it. And then, yeah. um, and then uh, on set, and then, and then you do see some late moves sometimes uh, on a certain fighter, and uh, on the on the on the on the on the uh, day of the fight, and um, sometimes th- those late moves do uh, uh, seem to win more than they lose. Interesting. Huh. I don't think yeah. I. I always see like you know you see screenshots and like clips of weigh-ins, but I only watch them when right. there's like a good caption like you know somebody throws a punch at a weigh-in and it's interesting yeah or like but uh, or you know like you think about Ruiz like how comes in like thirty pounds over or something yeah yeah it, it's right. funny how like no, no, I, I, so deep into the sports that we you know handicap actively I mean it's the same thing right. I guess like watching the weigh-ins it's got to be an important part of oh yeah. Like you might, you might want to buy out of a bet if the guy just looks like absolute exactly. dog shit. You know, I wrestled and in for high example, school. The weight- I mean, you see people that like, if if it was a really hard weight cut and that guy like right. probably shouldn't have gone to that weight and they looked like garbage, right. like just dehydrated, <laughs> pale. And I mean, uh, most of those right. were the day of the match. Like you've seen some people like, oh, he, he he's going to lose tonight. Like he, he's dying. Like he, he's legitimately dehydrated. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, I, I can definitely yeah, see that lot, being important. Yes, people watch religious, and you know the the weigh-in time is different. Usually, it's like nine in the morning to eleven in the morning. The official weigh-ins, and people will just pick up even like when a guy comes in there, when a, when a guy walks in at nine o five, he weighs in, no problem, and he and he smiles and he flexes and he looks great, you know, and then that gives you more confidence in that fighter versus a guy that. That uh, walks in like he sweats it out to the last minute. Comes in at ten fifty, and he and he's he's uh, wobbling in. He looks at his face <laughs> looks pale. You know, yeah. <laughs> you're not so you're not as confident in that guy anymore. So people watch. I watch. I watch uh, uh, from the office. If if I, if I'm able to, I watch the entire two hours. You know. Yeah. I love it. What um, and you've you've bought out of? Have you bought out of? I mean, I guess do you make most of your uh, bets earlier in the cycle when the number is not quite as sharp, or do you wait for the weigh-ins? I I, I make most of my bets after the weigh-ins. Um, okay. Um, but I do make bets. I do make certain bets early in the week as soon as I see the number. Um, uh, if I can, uh, and then. Uh, but on a rare case, when when you just sometimes you just know that that number might move. You know? uh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. What are some indicators you get to hints. you? Yeah, what are some indicators to you? Uh, just like pu- public sentiment from like an up and coming guy, or just like oh, this guy's a popular fighter. He always takes money, like that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, basically, uh, what I usually like to do is um, yeah, there's certain fighters that are like uh, where there are certain fighters that people love to bet, you know? Um, and they're usually like, uh, the bangers, uh, people, uh, 
you know, most fans like to bet the guy that has a lot of power, you know? Um, yeah. And then if you feel that guy, uh, he has the right matchup, uh, then you better bet him early because if you don't, you're going to lose a lot of, you know, you're going to lose a lot of the number by the time it comes in. Um, uh, so the, basically betting early is like, uh, uh, the guy that's, that, that is popular, you know, versus, um, like a guy, um, well, a lot of times what, what you try to do is you try to buy low on fighters. So like a proven fighter that had recent bad performance. Um, so, uh, you, you know, okay. So his, so his public perception is low right now because people remember his last fight or his last couple fights. Those are the guys you would normally, and then if you like him to bounce back, you would wait on those guys. Uh, it kind of reminds you me know, of the horse guy. racing stuff we talked about last <laughs> yeah. week, like some yeah. of the same stuff. But yeah, I, I I like what you're saying with like the early betting too. It's you know I hate I hate the you know never bet with the public. Like the public's wrong 100 percent of the time. Sometimes you're going to be on the same side as the public, and they, they win. Sometimes it happens. Yeah, I no. Think, and like if you can identify that, like shit, this guy right. is going to be so popular. He's going to be a public darling all the money, all the rec money is going to come in on this. He's going to take money. Like, and that's a guy you might have to bet early in the week. Cause you, you can't help what everybody yeah. else thinks. If you like him and you know, everyone else is going to might as well get the best of the number. Yeah. Guess what? If the people sure. just saw the sure. Patriots just dismantle, uh, you know, the chiefs on Sunday night football, and then they open them the following week at minus six and a half. And you love that matchup. Like you can't wait, like, you know, it's going to seven, you know, it's going to seven and a half eventually. Right. Like yeah, if you want yeah, that, exactly. you got to get theory. early. Yep. You, yeah. Yeah. I got you. Well, that's cool. Um, what, uh, what about, uh, if I'm, I've never even really thought about this. Where should I even go <laughs> to look for line movement? on this sort of stuff. Like, where can I digest some of this? Like, I'm, I'm curious now. Cause you know, I, I wonder, I would guess that a lot of people have kind of waited to get down on this particular fight. Cause they weren't sure it was going to happen. Um, I'm so right. I'm curious, you know, what did the numbers, what did they open? You know, how have the limits changed at some of the market making books and you know, what, what is the market telling us so far? Like, where would I even go to evaluate that stuff? Um, one of the best sites to go is uh, there's a site called bestfightodds.com. Um, you go there and they, they list numbers uh, from about 12 different books. Uh, you know, the, the biggest books, Five Dimes, uh, Bookmaker, Bet365, Pinnacle, etc. And they keep, they keep a track. Uh, they have a little graph that shows you how the line's been moving uh, oh, nice. uh, on, each, on each line. Um, uh, by date, you know, they, they, they keep good track for you. You can even, uh, uh, put an alert in there with your email where, when the number hits a certain, when it hits a certain number, it'll give you an alert. You oh, know, this is good. Um, I, I have 100%. Now that you mentioned this, I have 100% seen <laughs> this through our, our friend, Bo, he has posted yeah. these. I've, I've definitely seen this from, from him as far as, Sure. Especially when he, he made a bet and moved a bunch. Right. That seems to be the site most people use. Um, some people try to try to read the numbers. I have uh, some friends, you know, that we bet UFC together. You know, they 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 like to follow the pinnacle number. Um, uh, and if the pinnacle number shows, uh, you know, it's outside of the range of the other ones, they kind of take that as a certain hint or things like that. But I'm not sure if that's so accurate, but there's some people that believe in that, you know? Yeah. 
No, I get gotcha. you. I get you. Um, interesting, man. Uh, the, I, I guess, uh, uh, I'm gonna have to check the site out. I'm excited to know that there. No, I'm on it right now. It's funny, like yeah. for sure. And this is, I mean, honestly, compared to some other site or um, it's pretty, some cl- other, it's pretty good. Well, just like compared to where we look at NFL odds for, honestly, this is better than a lot of the stuff I use. Like I, nice, I like this. Right? I like that. I mean, you you can hover over a certain book on a certain fighter, and it'll give you a chart just for what the pinnacle line. I'm looking at one, like what Nagano's yeah. price has done at pinnacle from april 18th until now like you you can look at a complete chart right. based on any book that's listed up here and mm. like you said there's about a dozen this is nice and yeah you can add alerts that's it's like adding a adding a stock alert where like when the stock gets low <laughs> enough i'm gonna buy i'm gonna buy me some jeremy stevens when it gets low mm. right. so let's and there's go back another to option on there is Another option on there is the props. If you all the way in the right uh, on the right side, yeah, if I just click. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and then uh, his, uh, props are a big, uh, uh, are, are you know pretty. Uh, a lot of people like to bet the props. Uh, so if you click on there, it has the whole list of props. So nice. Those are kind of useful too. Oh yeah, because, I've got uh, totals, with- alternate totals. You've got inside the distance TKO. You know exact round prices, all kinds of right. stuff in here. Score those are the most no. common. Are those the most common ways derivatives to bet bet down the card? Sure. Uh, basically, uh, because you're you're betting on the uh, there's two fighters, so you're betting on the money line. So a lot of times you may like a fighter, but that that you don't want to make that risk. Uh, and but if you if you are if you are handicapping that fight where the chances are very good a fighter wins a certain way versus let's say by you, you feel like um, you know. Uh, because of that fighter's style or, or the way they match up with the other fighter, uh, you know, you win an MMA fight by by decision or by knockout or by submission, right? There's, that's the only ways to win an MMA fight. So basically, if you're if the fighter that you like um, well, doesn't Nagano have any, maybe uh, is a record, good a good example, Eddie. Like Nagano yeah, exactly. to win by TKO. Yeah. So this is Nagano to win by TKO or KO versus literally any other result. Him winning by anything else or losing the match. Right. And it's 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 a favorite, like minus 130 compared to minus 110. For him to end this fight right. in a knockout is more likely than literally anything else. So like I think that's exactly. probably a good example of something like that. That's a, that's a perfect example because if you if you if you bet him on the money line now you're you're laying uh, two eighty or whatever you are you know oh yeah so three hundred that's places. one way to yeah exactly yeah so the, a lot of people do like to bet those props um, or if they're even even the the other way around if you if, like uh, you can use a prop as a hedge you know um, sure let's say like you said you you want to bet uh, in Ganu uh, and then but just in case you want to hedge. And um, so you bet uh, Rosenstruck by by KO for a plus whatever big number, you know, just as a oh, hedge. Huge. And so props can be used as a hedge. Uh, it can be used to reduce your risk. Uh, there's a, a lot of people do bet props because uh, sometimes it's uh, these these uh, the the money lines aren't like it's not like baseball, you know, where most of the money lines are between 100 and 200. You know, a lot of them go uh, much higher than that. Sure. Oh, yeah, there's some um, big numbers. Last couple co- process questions for you. I'll fi- rapid fire here, uh, and then let's talk about the card specifically. 
Um, does is you know are there any external factors that uh, you know that you know people may not realize matter? Like, uh, does the referee matter? Does the location matter? Does the amount you know travel? How far you've had to travel to get there matter? Uh, you know, are, are any of those X factors at all? Yeah, of course. I, I, they all matter. I think, in my opinion, um, the the referee uh, it would be the least uh, out of all those factors. Uh, okay. Judging is is so uh, different from state to state. Um, basically, when when uh, the, you know, there's a lot of hometown judging going on, there's oh, a lot yeah. of uh, yeah. There's oh yeah. When they're down in Brazil. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's one in Brazil. Um, there's a uh, uh, like the states of like it might even come into play uh, this weekend in that uh, a lot of people feel that the state of Texas and the state of Florida have very questionable judging. Uh, ah, not so much for home home you know for the home fighter, but more but just wild cards. incompetent judges. You know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, and uh so that, that's a, that's always a play and then um the uh, there's there's just so, so many variables that you find you know, as you as you uh, go along you know you you find out you know obviously the obvious things that we talked about before like weight cut uh things like that but um there there's um like for uh the a lot of uh like how far they had to travel is definitely a factor for the for now you know it usually would not be, uh, but uh, now this, with this, this virus thing, yeah, yeah, they have all these restrictions. Uh, so you there's so many unknowns, you know. Um, yeah, mm. a lot of outside factors that people do consider are like um, uh, these fighters. A lot of the, uh, they all be, they all train somewhere, right? So many of the name fighters they belong to a certain gym or a certain camp, you know, um, yep. and there are certain gyms, certain camps that have made, uh, have, uh, a reputation of doing a great job with their fighters in preparation, <laughs> uh, or, uh, getting them on good diets and like getting that. them healthy food and things like that. I got it. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, I got you. Yeah. It, I got it you. goes farther than that. Even <laughs> it's like certain camps have, uh, uh, certain camps have, uh, are, are, are better prepare to fight or to fight than I guess so, um, does a lot of that is considered also I mean I'm forgetting but there's there's a million other things it's uh that people I mean I don't know if it's maybe like uh uh kind of overdoing a little bit but there's so many different things that people look at you know oh yeah, yeah. I'm sure yeah. you can you can you know over moving up or down yeah moving this, up or down yeah. a weight class probably matters right oh yeah oh yeah and that's I, a lot you know, I mean that that's oh, that's for a, sure yeah my, a, I had a question a, off air we did, and I was going to, the more I think about it now, you know, I said, like, we haven't had fights for, for whatever, two months here. And, you know, sure. I, my question was more along the lines of, you know, there's going to be a shitload of public money because, you know, people right. don't have anything to bet on it. And everybody and their aunt's going to bet on this this weekend. But as far as the layoff, I don't think that actually will affect the fighters much. Just, I mean, unless some of them weren't available to get to their gyms and stuff. I mean, is there anything like that? You know, you think, oh, we haven't had fights in two months. And if if there wasn't NFL for two months right in the middle of the season, it would be really weird for the teams when they got back. 
But, you know, a lot of these right. guys, they don't fight, you know, they don't fight for long times, long periods of time, sometimes for over a year. I mean, they, there's a guy on the card that hasn't fought for three years. You know, so I don't think the right. layoffs are affect anything. Maybe the, who's, maybe who's the public that? betting. No, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead with the question. Yeah, that's definitely a factor. Basically, one of the things I've done since I, uh, in, uh, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't really get into a lot of social media, but um, I opened an Instagram account for the, for the sole purpose of tracking these MMA fighters, you know, um, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Dude, uh, because a lot of them works. like to, yeah. One thing you have to realize about MMA fighters that are different from NFL players or NBA players, uh, 90, 99% of them are not big stars. You know, um, it's not like if, if uh, it's not, if an NBA player opens a Instagram account, he'll automatically get, uh, you know, a ton of million followers or whatever, you know, but MMA fighters aren't like that. A lot of them are living paycheck to paycheck, uh, uh, except for the top fighters. It, it's not a, uh, it, it's, it, you know, it's not, they're not superstars, you know? So mm -hmm. uh, a lot of them promote themselves on Instagram. Uh, they, they upload all their, uh, training sessions and what they've been doing, uh, and things like that. And, and, it's kind of helpful to sometimes uh, follow these guys on and see what they've been doing for the last six weeks or four weeks. And then trying to uh, take some hidden message out of there, you know, like for like, uh, if you see them eating uh, ice cream a week before you're like, Oh man, he's eating ice cream, you know, <laughs> and you can get carried away with this, you know? Yeah. If you but, see him at a club, yeah. If you see him at, uh, yeah. <laughs> If you see pictures yeah, of them at uh, of the at the at the at the uh, cabana with a uh, with the Playboy model, obviously they they may not have their mind in the right place. Um, yeah, exactly. I like yeah, I like it. Um, okay, yeah. let's talk uh, a little bit about the specific card. Then uh, you noted off okay. the top that this was uh, this is a stacked card. It looks it looks stacked sure. to me. Um, all of these I'm looking across the entire board. There's really you know, there's no uh, no one with an implied win percentage over over 80 percent on any of these like these are going to be competitive fights is that a fair way to qualify this yeah of course yeah and uh, uh i think there's only uh the first fight on the card um uh, which is uh ryan span versus sam alvey that's an up-and-comer versus a uh past his prime journeyman um that's the only fight where you could really where you would say you would be kind of be shocked if uh if the favorite lost you know, yeah. um, every other fight in the card, um, you know, you wouldn't blink an eye, whoever won. Yeah. And, uh, I guess in these sort of situations where you have these high prices, um, value in the, uh, some value in the favorite, I mean, people aren't going to a lot, especially, you know, like some of the recreational players who may not be betting these, like they're not running to the board to, to bet minus four fifteen. I mean, is, 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 uh, is, uh, uh, Spawn's realistic probability of winning this fight, 90, 95%? I don't know about 95% because uh, uh, Sam Alvey has, um, he has that great equalizer and that he has great knockout power, you know? Mm -hmm. So as, like, uh, as, as we were talking about earlier with variance, um, Sam Alvey could catch Ryan Spann anytime, you know, and knock him out. Now the chances of that happening are, are uh, pretty slim because, uh, span is, is much, much quicker. Um, he's bigger, he's, he's faster. So, um, the chances are slim, but it, yeah, it, it could happen. Um, 
it's it's hard. I, it's hard to put a. I, w- I didn't really handicap that fight, but if I were if I were to, uh, uh, I, I I wouldn't say it's ninety. I don't think it's ever ninety five percent on any fight. You know. Um, huh. Interesting. Uh, uh, yeah. Not even maybe that's a good one too. Okay. Like to look into the derivatives. <laughs> like if you really sure. want to get, like, you know, like, and if you knew what you're doing, which I don't, but like what Eddie said there, you know, Alvy with the the equalizer. You know, if you really are worried about that sort of thing, or you think there's a decent a decent spot for him to catch Ryan Span hard and knock him out, like why would you bet plus three hundred when you can have you know by knockout LV by knockout, it's like five seventy five, six hundred at some places. Yeah, exactly. So that's yeah. maybe look yeah. for those derivatives instead. Yeah, the chances of Sam Alvey being Ryan Span by decision are, I would say, uh, almost none. You know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like it. Uh, I like it. As anything in the early preliminary card, catch your eye for Vegas. You got the light um, heavyweights. I think this is a tough card. Featherweight, um, welterweight. Those are all tough, right? Uh, they're they're all tough fights. I mean, they, and especially now with so much um, unknown. Uh, you don't know. Like um, I was, I was watching. Like um, some fighters are are, are 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 training like they normally would. Some fighters, uh, the gym where they normally train is closed, so they're fighting in their backyard with their girlfriend. You know, there's all kinds yeah. of things going on. If you yeah, I think Greg fighters, Hardy was doing that. Yeah. Greg Hardy Domestic violence is a problem. Nope, terrible. <laughs> Sorry, good. Greg, Greg Hardy is, uh, he's with, uh, he's actually trains in Florida, so... And each, uh, so that might actually turn out to be, uh, I mean, advantageous for him in that he's, he's already in Florida or he's been in Florida. Um, Hardy trains, uh, with a very famous gym, uh, in, and they're based in Florida. So, um, America, they're called American top team. Um, and so it is, he's actually might be in good shape as far as coming into the fight preparation wise, you know? Um, yeah, the only fight I saw that um, that I'm interested in in the prelims is the, the uh, is a big name fight, you know, Donald Cerrone versus uh, Sergio Pettis. Um, and the only reason I'm interested is that I feel that it's pretty much a 50 50 fight, and uh, which gives uh, Cerrone a little bit of value in that he's he's a slight underdog, um, and it's one of those things where um, you kind of, it's, it's, it's like a buy low opportunity because he looked so terrible and the whole world saw it, you know, when he, his last fight against Conor McGregor, um, that it seems like, uh, there might be value on that number. Yeah, like that it. was a, I, mean, that was, I remember that, <laughs> that was, I don't remember how long that one, but that was very short. Yeah. That was like half yeah, of just the a first, few factors first, for this fight you know, round. And one thing is Cerrone is this, this, this is being fought at 170 pounds. Um, and Cerrone has fought a little more at that weight and he's a taller guy. He's about three inches taller. And so he, he fills out that weight better than Sergio Pettis, who has fought mostly at 155, even down at 145, most of his career. And the last time he fought at 170, he, uh, cause he's a shorter guy. He looked a little chubby, you know, in, in my opinion, he, he didn't fill out that weight 
as well uh, as well as uh, Cerrone does at 170. And um, yeah, both both fighters are past their prime. Obviously, both are are you know are like UFC legends. You know, they're they're great fighters, but both are past their prime. Both have been losing a lot of fights. Uh, uh, but I, I think uh, Cerrone might be some value in this spot, um, it, being the underdog. Because at worst, I would uh, I rated it a fifty-fifty fight. You know, um, then I saw this. We're going back to Instagram again, but I saw Sergio Pettis trained like in um, Milwaukee, uh, at, at a very famous gym, Rufus Sport, uh, and that gym is closed. So uh, he, he's been uh, training on his own, whereas uh, Cowboy Cerrone. Uh, has his own training gym in, in uh, Las Vegas. They call the BMF ranch. So um, it looks like preparation-wise, um, Cerrone might have had uh, more a more normal uh, training camp versus Pettis uh, might have been limited in, in what he was able to do for, for training, for preparation. So that was another little thing I saw. Um, a, few, a few factors, and then mostly that uh, Cerrone is, uh, it, it's just, he, it, the value on him is the highest it could ever be. Because the one thing about this sport, Conor McGregor draws more uh, non-regular fans than any fighter by far. You know, it's not even close. So yeah. uh, his last fight was against Conor McGregor. So basically everyone saw that. So the public perception on him is at an all-time low right now, you know? Um Yeah. So yeah. I, I think I, I would, uh, that's one fight that I'm looking at. I like it. I like it. Um, then we move, I guess that's the, of the preliminary card. I didn't really have any other specific questions, although it looks like our only women's fight is on the preliminary card. Any, uh, any notes about Michelle Waterson versus, uh, Carla Sparza? That fight is, is that's, it's a tough call. Um, I would say maybe a little, Waterson is, uh, the problem is that she's a skilled fighter. Uh, she has a well-rounded game, uh, but she's really an atom weight, you know. Um, she's small. Uh, for, uh, the UFC doesn't have an atom weight division, a 105-pound division. Uh, so she fights at 115, but you'll see uh, when she fights, she's usually she's usually almost always smaller than the other girl. And in UFC, like, sometimes size matters. So I, I feel like she's always fighting an uphill battle, you know. Uh, because of her, you know, uh, of her stature, you know, and Carla yep. Esparza is, is an established grappler. So um, uh, it, it's very tough to call. I, I would say I would give Esparza the edge, but the number of the, I mean, she's running about 150 to 160 right now. Um, that looks like, that looks like the right number. And then, and um, you never know because this, this fight will most likely go to a decision. I don't see either of them finishing the other girl. Um, so then you're leaving it up to judges in what will probably be a pretty close fight. Is so, the, uh, uh, is that a prohibitive, uh, number on the over? Oh yeah. Oh, I, I believe like minus I mean, yeah. 500. Oh is yeah. It? There you go. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's almost certain to go to, to a decision. Um, a lot of the women, not as there aren't, there aren't that many women fighters that have the one punch knockout power, you know? Mm. So, uh, a lot of women fights do go to decision. So one of the, uh, that's one of the, uh, if you, if you ask in a, an old time, uh, UFC experienced, uh, gambler, uh, they will tell you that that's an old time moneymaker betting over in women's fights, you know? 
Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, the market yeah. is just. I will be on fight goes to a draw at eighty to one at bet three six five. Ooh, <laughs> okay, Ooh. no big deal. And I looked at both. Uh, if I had to bet, I'm betting on the karate hottie because she is better looking. <laughs> Plus money. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. No. I'm. I mean, looking at their records, you're right. There are not a lot of decisions that are not. I mean, there are not a lot of um, uh, fights that were. Uh, that were knockouts or submissions. There's a lot of by decision here on this uh, on this sure. head to head. So sure. I like it. Um, okay. Yeah. The, um, uh, the big, I might the big uh, might, uh, might take a little. Uh, I, I'm I'm talking myself into some of these. Um, you know, kind of high likelihood. But I know uh, I'm, I might throw together a couple parlays. Yeah, I think I might be too. I think like I might be too. The over, I can find a 450 on that. I might put that. Yeah. In yeah, 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 yeah. Um, how about uh, as we get into the main event then? Uh, fight the mm-hmm. uh, the the main card starts with Hardy, as we mentioned. He's fighting a guy, Jorge right. Castro, who is apparently from he's he's a Cape Verdean, <laughs> but I can't imagine he's yeah. uh, he's been allowed to travel internationally, so he probably lives and and trains here somewhere. Boston. He lives in the Boston area. He trains okay. over there. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so he's I mean, he's at a slight travel disadvantage. Heading down to Greg Hardy's backyard, um, right. and yet uh, Greg Hardy's still only an implied what uh, about sixty percent chance. Of wins. Yeah, 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 around there. Um, I, I haven't looked. Uh, I, I think stylistically it matches up well for Hardy, um, because the Castro is is a uh, for as as far as heavyweights go, he's very small. Um, and Hardy will have a big height advantage and a big reach advantage. The height advantage is not so, not so important, but the reach advantage is. Uh, so if Hardy gets the right, uh, if he keeps the distance and doesn't, uh, doesn't stand in, 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 you know, in, in a, in a close range and keeps his distance, then, um, it's going to be very hard for, uh, the Castro, uh, to, to get this fight, you know, um, mm. Castro is a uh, is he's he's for as far as heavyweights go he's he's just too small and uh, you'll see it uh, on Saturday night you'll see it when you've watched him fight then you're you're going to ask yourself are they the same weight class one guy's so big the other guy's so small um, and Hardy has uh, you know a, a a great coach a great gym behind him coaching him so uh, I think the strategy will probably be uh, Hardy uh, just win the game on. Uh, and play uh, and fight, uh, keep the fight at his distance where basically, because he has such a long reach advantage. Um, he, he, you know, if he, if he fights at a distance where he can hit the Castro, but the Castro can't hit him, then it's going to, he's going to have a huge advantage. I like it. Do you think Cardi's path to victory is by decision? Then? Um, he went, uh, one thing about Hardy, I mean, he, uh, in his, uh, he lost a a decision to a, a very experienced fighter. His last fight, a Russian uh, guy named Volkanovsky, and you know he was kind of schooled, you know, but he was he was expected to be schooled. Volkanovsky's a uh, grizzled veteran. He's in the top ten. Uh, Hardy is is you know he's a he's an up and comer. But uh, what that fight showed was one thing is he went the full three rounds, and. Uh, he he was it, it was a one way fight, but he was not he was not hurt. Uh, he, you know he didn't get knocked down. Um, 
And it might have been, it, it might have been one of those losses where it makes you a lot better, you know, because you're fighting uh, someone at such a higher level than you. So, um, uh, so you learn, you pick up, you learn, it's like a learning experience for him. So, um, I don't see I don't see Hardy because DeCastro has power now. He knocked out his last opponent too. Uh, I don't see him getting close enough uh, and, and fighting in that dangerous range. I see him trying to fight his game, and Hardy has tremendous power. He could knock out DeCastro at any time. But uh, I think that they'll play it a little bit safe, you know. Uh, yeah. So, so, the, so I mean, this any heavyweight fight. Uh, any heavyweight has the has the power to knock out another heavyweight. I think ninety nine percent. You know, um, yeah. so but I think this fight might not necessarily. It could be because you got two powerful guys, but yeah, I could see the fight going a little longer. You know, I like it. Yeah, and, no, the last uh, two fights for the Hardy, total he went, would be uh, he went the uh, distance. Yeah, yeah, and uh, he. I, this, I think the total is one and a half rounds. Um, so it's not expected to last long. You know. Um, well, yeah. it's, it's uh, a juicy I, over one and a half, but you could find minus minus one fifty on that somewhere. Go in with the parlor. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I would at one and a half, uh, uh you know, it, it's a, it's a tough, it's a tough bet, you know, because of the one, one punch power, you know, the fight could end any, any second, you know, yeah. but, right. um, strategy wise, I would say that there's a good chance it does go over. Yeah. And there's different ways to bet that too. You can, instead of going over one and a half, you can bet simply that round two starts. So basically just over one flat and, you know, minus 225, maybe not betting that alone, but when I'm throwing my fun, my fun uh, UFC parlays together after all this KBO money comes in, uh, (laughs) I like it, but uh, I guess, is there just a general like layman's kind of uh, lazy uh, me, not like, like a guy like me, I don't have a background betting this. I might look at this sort of stuff and be like, Oh, heavyweight fight. This is going to be over quick up next one on the card. Featherweight fight. This one's going the distance, right? Like, does that, is that built into the numbers in a way that there's an advantage if you're a little bit of a contrarian question? Well, uh, I heard recently that if you had bet every heavyweight fight on the underdog blindly, that you would you would be way ahead right now. And um, I don't have I, I didn't look at the stats. I just heard that said somewhere, uh, but I believe that to be true because a heavyweight fight has has more variance than a, a flyweight fight or a bantamweight fight because there's you got two huge guys in there uh, that could that could that could end it at any minute, you know. Um, as far as, so obviously that correlates with the total, uh, you would think that, uh, heavyweight fight would go under more than it would go over. But, um, like you said, uh, to buck, as far as the total is concerned, um, I would never, I would never, uh, I would, cons- I rarely play the totals. Uh, but, uh, like you said, I, I would, I would buck the trend there. I would lean towards bucking the trend there because you have more value in that number, you know? heavyweights are perceived to fight, you know, the, the fight ends quickly, right? Yeah, just bang so, it, banging it out until one of them's on the mat, on the canvas. Yeah, so, and even though you might lose more than you win, um, the value would certainly be bucking that trend, in my opinion, because a lot of people are going to bet that obvious uh, that obvious side and, and, and drive that number up, you know? I like it. So, the featherweight fight, <laughs> Stevens versus Guitar. 
how do we get this thing finished inside the distance? <laughs> okay. Oh, oh, Jeremy Stevens, so, Calvin Qatar. Yeah. How does this go? Um, how does this? How does this end inside the distance? Is it possible? <laughs> of course, Jeremy Stevens has great power. You know, um, he's he he he's. In, I don't. I wouldn't say he's overrated, but he has a bigger name than what his record suggests. Um, and the reason is, is because he, he, he has, uh, his fights are great entertainment wise. Uh, you know, he goes in there and he's just looking to kill somebody. Uh, he doesn't back down. Um, uh, so his fights, uh, he's, he's, he's a boxer. He's, uh, he's a striker, but if you look, he's a little bit slow. Um, he, he, he doesn't move great. Uh, but, but he has great power and he's, he's, a he's an animal, you know, he doesn't back down from anyone. Um, he just, he goes for the kill so that he makes, that makes, uh, him kind of a fan favorite. And sometimes he gets, uh, I think he, he's, he's rated higher than he really should be. Mm, okay. uh, Calvin Guitar is, is, well, is, is, is much better boxer. Uh, he's got better footwork better hands uh he's quicker uh and he should win the fight um uh i would say even at, at the number the current number at 250 uh i would say if they fought five times he probably would win four times but that one time uh is always uh, jeremy stevenson because of his knockout power uh and because of his pressure um you could you could bet you could bet Qatar Saturday and that'll be the one time out of five. You know, mm. easily. Got it. Yeah. Got it. So that's yeah, a good favor to Stevens swerve guy. from putting in the uh, the old money money line money line chunker. Yeah, I'm looking down <laughs> yeah. trying to find the last time the Stevens guy won him won him fight. It's been a while. Uh, yeah, he's been a, it's been a while, and he it's been a, one thing like two years. His, uh, <laughs> yeah, in his defense, uh, he's, he's thirty three. Uh, he's fighting. Yeah, he's he's usually uh, he's usually the underdog. He's usually fighting, you know, the top of the division. He's not fighting, uh, he's not fighting dogs, you know. Mm. Yeah, and that's that's it has a lot to do with his name because he's a, he's a popular fighter. Uh, I, I'm just looking at who he fought. His last win was the last unranked guy he probably fought. That his last three losses are all to uh, Jose Aldo's an all-time great. And then Zabit and Yair, those guys are at the top of the division. So uh, he's fighting guys that he's actually supposed to lose to. If you, uh, I'm just, yeah, so he was a he was an underdog. Well, no, he was a minus one twenty against Aldo, but he was an underdog his last two fights. Yeah, gotcha. No, and I'm looking at his losses. I mean, it's Holloway, Frankie Edgar, you know, Cerrone. Yeah, exactly. I That's mean, it's a lot. Of, yeah. It's a lot of names. I, if if I recognize the name, it was somebody halfway decent. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Okay, uh, how about the uh, the top three in the card here? We're getting now. We get uh, another heavyweight on the main card, which is exciting. Francis Nagano, guy that I actually have watched fight many times, and I think he fits a little bit of the overrated narrative. But uh, I don't know anything about his opponent. Uh, what do you make this uh, right. of this heavyweight match? Um, I think it's. Uh, I, I don't think it's one you should bet. Um, because. <laughs> uh, uh, both of them are can knock uh, can knock each other's head off, you know, with one 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 punch. And I, 
I'm kind of in your camp with what you said about Ngannou. Um, he's, he's, he hits so hard. He's so powerful that what I've noticed, and I've watched, you know, virtually all his fights. Uh, I've watched every fight since he's been in the UFC. And it's all, uh, I'd say more than half the fights he's been involved in, the whoever he's fighting lost, loses the fight before he even enters. You know, okay. they're just kind of uh, intimidated by him. You know, um, that's my opinion because uh, Ngannou, he, uh, he, he, he just scares the living shit out of people, you know? Um, yeah. And the guys that, <laughs> and the guys that weren't afraid of him did well, you know? Yep. Yeah. That, you know, I'm sure, you know, that the, I'm on the sure dog site just looking at results and stuff. And I like how it says mm-hmm. like the method, the method of victory. And yeah, a lot sure. of these, uh-huh. a lot of the KOs and the TKOs <laughs> for people, it says punches. And then you go to the <laughs> Overeem fight and it just says punch. Like singular. <laughs> and punch. that like, that's, yeah. that's like, that was the yeah. first match that I really remember. Like, Boy, Jesus. was he overrated right. though, going into his next two. I felt like yes. he was all like Instagram muscles uh, in the steep fight well, where he gif, lost the, the gif decision. of him doing the uppercut and yeah oh yeah for sure but yeah i mean he like he to me it's like a lot of like a lot of i agree with you 100 like he's scary looking but i think a lot of that right. is a front i mean he doesn't seem to have the killer instinct that i think people thought he had when he went into that uh that miocic fight uh and then lost right. again another deal two two unanimous decisions against him yeah, basically that Miocic fight was when he just got a dose of reality. Um, and, and the crazy thing is Miocic is a striker also, but if you remember that fight, Miocic uh, basically grappled uh, Nganu, uh the entire fight and basically uh, got him down to the ground, stayed on top of him, and that's how he won the fight. Um, uh, so the next fight, which was one of the worst fights of all time. If you, if you ever to watch <laughs> that fight, in wow. versus, yes. uh, uh, Derek Lewis, uh, yeah, they threw Derek maybe, uh, in three rounds, they threw maybe 10 punches each. I um, remember this there was, so well. They were, they, both of them were getting booed out of the building. Booed. You know? booed. I, I remember this. Yes, yes. He yeah. was getting and booed. Yeah. It's almost like Nganu didn't... Uh, he, he he didn't recover fully from the, from his first from the Miocic loss, you know. Um, yep. And then um, and then and then after he then he kind of got his his thing back the next fight after that. But I, I think that uh, that's another fight. Uh, this is another fight that even though they both have uh, one one punch knockout power, and obviously, uh, especially in Ganu, uh, both are counter strikers. You know, uh, Ganu is a counter striker, as is Rosenstruck. Um, so a lot of times when you have two counter strikers face each other, sometimes there's not as much action as you would expect because they're both waiting on each other to, to move first, you know, yes. um, that's a small, that's a small possibility that could happen in this fight, especially because oh. there's no fans. Um, I, I think, um, uh, fans, uh, UFC fans are very impatient. You know, uh, if you go to a UFC event, and they're and they're not engaging, or if oh, a fight stays too long on the angle. ground without much action. Oh yes, they they start they start letting them, you know they 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 start booing. They 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 want to UFC fans want to see blood, you know. But yeah, if you and I think that subconsciously or consciously pressures these fighters to engage more. 
you know. Um, but it's, there's going to be no fans at this event, and so it could be more of a uh, – so the, the, the fighters aren't going to feel that pressure as much from the fans. So it, it might be more – they might it, it might be more technical than it normally would. You know, that so is a got great angle. Force it, yeah. This is Hopefully a great the referee angle. forces some action. I don't need the, I don't need that fight again. The, <laughs> I'd like, I'd like something entertaining. Well, first of all, Eddie, yeah. you saved, you saved a gem for the very end of this podcast. You have rewarded the listeners with, I think a very actionable angle for this particular card in handicapping. I, that sounds so incredibly important to me. Uh, and I'm going to use that in two shape my my decisions my betting on this weekend uh and last opinion last question then if this goes to decision can nagano win that way he hasn't in a long time he's never i don't think he's ever won a decision yeah i i can't recall him ever winning i mean maybe he has earlier in his career but i, I don't I think recall like his him second winning. fight oh. he might have yeah okay it's a long time ago yeah well the fight to go to a decision even if they don't engage as much as you would think, uh, it just seems uh, to tend to go to decision. Wow. That, that might be worth a long shot bet, but uh, they neither has a history of it. <laughs> um, I'm just looking at Rosas. He, he's he's uh, 10 wins, nine knockouts. Yeah. He's got one, one split decision no win. I mean, you, you just don't have a history of it. If, the, if it's a huge number, uh, maybe, but otherwise, um, oh, I don't know. I, I, it's just, uh, to, for me, it's, I'm not going to bet that fight at all. You know? All right. All right. I'll um, sit it out with you. I'll sit it out with you. Um, how about now we get into the title fights, uh, general thought on the bantamweight, uh, championship. Um, the big X factor is, is Dominic Cruz. He's been off for over three years, I think three and a half years, uh, due to injuries and stuff. And that, that's the big X factor. When I, when I read that, I was blown away. Like that's a, that's a fucking layoff. Yeah. I can't believe it. Mostly he was injured. He's had some big injuries. Um, and, but if you, in my opinion is this, if it's the old Dominic Cruz, and it's the, uh, you know, it, if you get the best of each fighter, in my opinion, Dominic Cruz wins. Um, but the great unknown is, you know, uh, are we going to get the old Dominic Cruz? Um, I mean, he has had, uh, he's had uh, injuries throughout his career. And he's been off two different times, even before this fight, uh, he's had two other layoffs of more than two years and each time he came back really strong and, and won. Um, so, but it, it, that's the only thing it's uh, he's Dominic Cruz is 35 years old. Now he hasn't fought in three and a half years. You know, what fighter are you going to get? Uh, if, if he looks great, if, if you follow him on Instagram, um, he looks great. And, uh, he, he, he's trains out of California. Um, at Alliance MMA, and he—he looks like he's—he has sparring partners. He's been—he and he, you know, it looks like he's—he he looks like old Dominic Cruz. But I mean, you don't know. He's 35, and he hasn't fought in three and a half years. You don't know. 
But if, if I take, if I'm taking, let's assume that it's the uh, he's better, he's as good as ever. Then you, you know, Henry Cejudo is is a natural 125er. He's only had one fight at 135. Uh, you'll see when um, Saturday Cruz is the bigger guy. He's four inches taller. Um, he's got longer arms. Uh, he, he's the better boxer. Uh, he's and uh, the only advantage that Cejudo really has is. I think two advantages. He probably has some advantage in power. And then, uh, obviously, Cejudo being an Olympic gold medalist, uh, he has the uh, the wrestling advantage. Uh, but if you look at Dominic Cruz throughout his career, I mean, I think I saw his takedown defense was something ridiculous, like 83%, you know. Uh, and if you watch his uh, tapes of his fights, he's very hard to take down. And even when he does go down, he just springs right back up. He, he's, he's so good at, uh, uh, at that part of the game. So I, I, so to me that then it becomes more of a boxing match in which I think, uh, Cruz is like, uh, levels above Henry Cejudo. Ooh, um, yeah, but I, big un, big I think the number price. is I'm what it is. It. I like this. Yeah, I think, but that's the big question, you know. He, the guy hasn't fought in three and a half years, and he's thirty-five years old. Uh, in the lower weight classes, age matters more because yeah. it's more about speed, technical ability, uh, and not as much about power, you know. Um, so well, yeah, see how that sprawl looks when you're when you've been off for this long. When you you come against a Olympic gold medalist wrestler and he comes at you for yeah. the takedown, and I mean tri- yeah. trivia time. Who headlined the card the last time Dominic Cruz fought? Oh boy, I don't know. Ronda Rousey. Um, <laughs> Ronda. Wow. I mean, that's wow. when you, that's a good we're, one. we're talking. Yeah, we're talking about that's a layoff good. here. Yeah, that's a good one, Andy. <laughs> I, I went and looked this up. I'm like, Jesus. And yeah, that was Rousey's last fight. Holy shit! How about that's that? How long, that's how long ago. I mean, uh, I guess he must have had a hell of an injury here for this layoff, and he's you know he's no. I think he had a couple different injuries. Sure. Um, but one thing is, uh, Cruz. Uh, if you listen to him in interviews, uh, he doesn't believe in uh, what they call ring rust. Uh, and you know, as you know, he's he's an analyst for UFC events, right? He's uh, he does uh, he does uh, color analyst for a lot of these fights, and. Uh, in his opinion, what he says is that um, that really helps him analyze and study other fighters and uh, things like that. Um, I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what he believes. Um, so I'm, to be honest, I'm going to make a bet on, on Cruz and hope that that's the old Don Cruz. Well, if the UFC wants a fun, uh, uh, like a really good story to come out of this, then re- you know, right. crowning the 35-year-old comeback after three and a half years, like that's... Uh, that's that's what you want, right? Like, there's gonna be a lot of people in that yeah. in that uh, production who are like, "Come on, you know, get this win." Like, uh, there's gonna be a there's gonna be a, some sentiment for him. Yeah, that could be. But also, uh, Cejudo is a pretty big star in the UFC. You know, um, he's a he's a good self promoter too. He says some crazy things and things like that. So, I mean, I get I don't think there's a I don't think there's a bad angle there for the UFC either way. Um, Got it. Because if Cejudo loses. Uh, he's not, he's, he's not going to disappear. You know, he, he was the 125 champ and the 135 champ. So he's the biggest star they have at the lower weight classes. So, uh, I would think if, if Cruz were to win, they're going to fight again, there's going to be a rematch. Um, 
And then, uh, yeah, like you said, if Cruz wins, that's a great story for the UFC. He's one of their faces being a color analyst. So I don't think the UFC can lose either way, whoever wins that fight. Oh, good call. Um, how about the uh, the final fight of the night? Then? What are the we in one. for here? The big one. Um, I don't even know. That. I'm, I'm more yeah, excited about the cruise fight. I right think now. it is. I mean, this is the one. It was. It was on. I mean, people. I think people were disappointed in the 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 picking of this one, but at this point, nobody's going to be disappointed to get. We thought it was. It was fight. supposed to be Habib taking on uh, somebody. Yes. Tony. Was, Tony. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Tony yeah. Habib was supposed yeah. to happen. Uh, people were disappointed yeah. in this two months ago. Now I think they could care less as long as they're getting some title fights here. Right. Yeah, Tony could be, but I, I don't know if you guys knew this, but this uh, when it was uh, canceled this time, it's the fifth time that they've scheduled and been canceled. So there's there's like a running joke that this fight's never going to happen. <laughs> they, they've actually scheduled it five times, and, and it's been for one reason or another, it's been pulled, uh, canceled every time. You know. So why is why is why is Habib wow. scared to fight Tony? <laughs> oh well, no! <laughs> uh, guy, guy wrestles with bears. I don't think he's anyone. But uh, I, I, I think he's back in Russia. You know, he, he yeah. is back in Russia. And, uh, Did yeah, the so coronavirus actually originate in Dagestan? <laughs> <laughs> That's. I remember but, um, the first time this guy. You know, I, I had to look up what the hell Dagestani meant which right. I guess it's just a part of something. It's a part of the country over there. But yeah, he's a terrifying man. Hopefully we get that fight eventually. But we've got Justin and Tony, UFC lightweight interim championship, like you said. And I don't know what to do with this one right. either. I'm probably just going to go with uh, plus money. I, I think the one thing uh, – yeah, yeah. He, I, he, one thing is um, – I mean, you're in, in one way, you're surprised that Tony Ferguson took the fight at all. Um, because if he loses this fight, uh, I think the UFC, Dana White already said the winner of this fight is going to fight Khabib. So Tony Ferguson could have held out and not fought, uh, because he was in line to get that next title shot. So he could, this, he really has nothing to gain from this fight other than the purse. Um, because if, if he, if he held, if he, if he loses, he loses his title shot for now. Um, and then if he wins, you know, he was going to get, he was in line for the title shot anyway. Was, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so well, that's, you got to give big credit to him for that. Um, and, uh, Gagey, he's like a new improved version uh, of himself. Uh, he had a little losing streak, uh, a few fights back and you know, he, he the guy's just dynamite, you know, he's got dynamite in his hands. He's, he's, these two might, might be the two most exciting fighters. Uh, in the UFC or one of the two uh, or two, you know, out of the two of the most. And, um, but when he lost a couple fights uh, to, uh, I think he lost Eddie Alvarez. And I know he lost to, uh, Dustin Poirier. Um, before that, he was all about like making an exciting fight, you know, just go out there banging. And then he lost those two fights and he changes, uh, he changes strategy a little bit. And even though he's still knocking people out, uh, he's a more, he's a smarter fighter, more strategic fighter. And that's kind of made him even better, you know, because he's not, he's not being so reckless where he's catching punches, uh, just being, uh, just, uh, being too all out, uh, and not, you know, um, and not, not as, uh, not as cautious as he should be. Uh, and he, so he's, he's 
like uh, he's got like a, he's become better than he already was, you know. Um, but Tony Ferguson hasn't lost since I think it's 2012. You know, um, wow, that's eight wow, years wow. he hasn't lost the fight. <laughs> oh, man. so I, I think he's won maybe 11, 12 straight fights. Um, so the, to bet against that is uh, for me, I can't do, I can't bet against that because uh, he's just he's dynamic. You know, he's got he's no one fights like him. You know, he, he's so unorthodox. Um, the way he, he, he punches, throws his elbows from all angles. Uh, he, he don't, no one fights like him, you know, and he just does crazy things that, uh, on the, like where he, uh, he's just like rolling around, tumbling on the mat. <laughs> it's, I, I don't see how Gagey can win other than if he knocks him out early. Um, okay. because if he, uh, because Ferguson is more of a, uh, uh, he, he doesn't have the knockout power that Gagey does. Uh, Ferguson is like, an, a, a, he'll, his damage comes by accumulation. You know, it's just it's endless pressure, endless, uh, uh, and, uh, uh, yeah, and it's just like a cumulative. He just punishes you, punishes you, punishes you until you can't take it anymore. Whereas Gagey has just got dynamite power. He could, he could, he could. He could turn your lights out at any moment. So, um, yeah, I'm seeing opinion, like the last two fights there. It was it wasn't even. Yeah. I mean, it was it was two stoppages by the one by the doctor, one by the corner, and then just right. all kinds of different types of paths to victory. Different different chokes, three different chokes over the last few matches. A couple of right. you know full go in the distance decisions unanimously. Like it looks like it doesn't look like he has a ton of knockouts especially lately he has 12 knockouts, but the last knockout was in 2014. It looks like. Right. You're, you're talking about Ferguson now. Yeah. For, yeah, yeah, Ferguson. Yeah. Well, yeah. 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 Is he is. Well, yeah. Uh, you're talking about knockout. Like his last fight, Cerrone was, uh, I don't know if you, you saw yeah, the that doctor fight, stopped it. Yeah. I mean, essentially. Yeah. Was a knockout. Cause, Right, because his his nose was way up up next to his uh, <laughs> ear, you know. Um, but um, I mean, just that's put some, rub some dirt on it. <laughs> yeah, uh, in my opinion, it's Gagey early, or the longer the fight goes, uh, it's Tony Ferguson's fight. Um, that's the way I see the fight, um, and um, I, but I I would I would I think either it's it's going to be such a great fight. I mean, it's just, and this whole card, I mean, there's not that many, um, if you look up and down the card, uh, there are very many, uh, very few duds. I think even like the third fight on the card, Vincente Luque and Nico Price, that is a, that is a can't miss card that would normally be on the main event, uh, on the main card, that fight. Um, uh, but, and then Ferguson is just, it's just insane. You know, I, I can't <laughs> believe that fight, you know? <laughs> well, you got me ex- extremely fired up for this. So, well done. Uh, my guess is Thank Ferguson you. took this. My my guess is Ferguson took this fight because he hasn't fought in a year, and he's he's just itching to fight again. Yeah. Um, but that's yeah. just speculation. Either way, no, I'm excited. You're, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I, I want to watch some fight. Uh, but no, I, I this is this is outstanding. I appreciate all of your time and information that you laid out here. This was uh, fantastic to to uh, to kind of get a look inside your process and to talk about real live sports and 
you know, it's, we, we carry on through this quarantine by finding uh, fun ways to still bet, which is, it's been great. Um, I'm enjoying them, you know, enjoying exploring some of these new avenues. Uh, who knows what we'll do next week, Andy? You got a guess? Yeah, I don't. We're running out of fun sport. I mean, there's always something. But something. it's like it's like a couple of these, and I, you know, I compare it again to like to the horse racing podcast we did in the last couple of weeks. Like when you know when Mike or the mail hit some some weird little nugget, and you're like, and you, it just kind of hits you like, oh, I would have never thought of that because I don't handicap the sport. And you know, like Eddie did that a couple times tonight with some of the things like, oh shit, I wouldn't, you know, I don't like the the weigh-ins or the having no fans. Some of the some of the differences we're gonna have here too, like some of those things that I don't look at because I don't know diddly dick about UFC, and I'm gonna have to take <laughs> some of that into account if I want to put a little harder money towards some of these matches this weekend. Which it's yeah. not like I haven't made yeah. bets during the podcast. I did. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again, Eddie. Uh, where can people track you down? Uh, at Grinding Eddie uh, on Twitter. Um, All right. And, uh, and as, think- yeah, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, as I mentioned off the top, like tough to find a, a nicer guy across the gambling twitter space and uh you know we've had lots of uh, fantastic conversations behind the scenes of it feels like over well, four three four years we've done known each other on twitter and yeah, finally sure. get to talk to yeah. you this is on the podcast this is fantastic we appreciate you coming on and uh well, eddie you know, best, does a lot of soccer too weekend. when that comes back if you're if oh, you're yeah. into okay. all sorts of soccer leagues once i mostly see eddie I, posting that yeah <laughs> yeah well, soccer, I think the Bundesliga is coming back in a couple weeks. Oh, yeah. Yes. You've got German soccer coming right back. I'm sure there'll be some other yes. leagues yeah. to follow through. So you'll have soccer to bet on soon enough. And, yeah, if you're if you're into betting yeah. some uh, European soccer leagues, Eddie, there's plenty of that on this timeline as well. All right, buddy. Thank, well, thank you, you again, and, uh, and, and best luck this weekend. Yeah, thanks a yeah, lot. Thank you, time. guys. I, I really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. Thank you.